1: LGBTIQ Plus Health Australia acknowledges the traditional onus of country throughout Australia, their diversity, histories and knowledge, and their continuing connections to land and community. We pay our respects to all First Nations people and their cultures, and to elders of past, present and future generations. Hello and welcome to the latest in LGBTIQ plus health and policy, the podcast that brings you the health and well-being hot topic discussions that matter to LGBTIQ plus people. I'm your host, Triana Butler. Thanks so much for joining me. In December, the Australian Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society, or ARCHES, along with the Living with Disability Research Centre at La Trobe University, released a report entitled Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of LGBTIQ. LGBTQA people with disability, a secondary analysis of data from two national surveys. This report was compiled from data from the Writing Themselves in 4 and the Private Lives 3 surveys and is a sobering reminder of the significant challenges and disparities that LGBTIQ people with disability experience, especially when other intersections of marginalization are considered. Joining me to discuss the report is Associate Professor Adam Bourne, the Acting Director of ARCHES, along with Disability and Inclusion Consultant Margarita Coppolino. Now obviously, as you can imagine, this is a particularly sensitive episode, so today we're exploring themes and issues that may cause distress. Those things include statistics and information from the report itself. Discussion of trauma, intimate partner and domestic and family violence, harassment and physical violence, sexual harassment and abuse, and mental health and suicide. If this episode raises any issues, you can contact QLife, which provides Australia-wide anonymous LGBTIQ peer support. QLife services are free and they're available over the phone or on web chat from 3pm till midnight every day. Call 1-800-184-527 or visit qlife.org.au. Alternatively, for issues surrounding the Disability Royal Commission, you can contact the Blue Knot National Counselling and Referral Service. Their number is 1 800 421 468, or you can visit bluenot.org.au. Remember that is not with a K, blue knot.org.au. So, Margarita, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Now let's start with you, Adam. So just recently, we had International Day of People with Disability for 2022, and on that day, the Australian Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society, or the ARC SHS, for people who don't have the time to say the whole thing, put out a report called "Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of LGBTQA+ People with Disability: A Secondary Analysis of Data from Two National Surveys." And I'm hoping. Adam, you can kind of catch us up with that and talk us through the report.
0: I'd be very happy to. So a few years ago in 2019, so just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit really, we did two very large surveys of the LGBTIQ community. One was among adults aged 18 and over, a study called Private Lives, which had nearly 7,000 participants. And the other was a survey called writing themselves in which is a survey of 14 to 21 year old lgbtqa plus young people these are the largest ever surveys we've had in australia of kind of queer communities in general and one of the great things about that is that it allows us to to kind of dig into the detail of particular parts Um, of our community to really shine a spotlight on the parts of our community that perhaps haven't received sufficient attention previously. And what was great was that in both of those surveys, there was quite a large number of people with disability, of all kinds of disability. And so, the Royal Commission into into Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of People with Disability approached us to say, Um, Can you work with your data to try to understand and unpack in more detail what's going on for LGBTIQ people? So that's what we were really setting out um, to do in this report.
1: Well, Margarita, you were involved in the expert advisory group and from... Looking at the report, you know, there is some quite confronting data in there about the lives of LGBTIQ people with disability here in Australia. What was it like being involved in that expert advisory group?
2: Oh, look, it was a great honour uh, to actually be involved. And it was a really good demonstration of uh, being able to, to be part of co designing what the project and what the report would look like. And when we were talking about the key areas, you know, that the report should pick up on and, you know, the, a couple of minutes later when some of the findings, it was um, really quite daunting when we saw statistic-wise, you know, just the figures that were that came out of the, the crunching to the numbers.
1: Well, you brought up some of the key messages there, Margarita, Adam, am I might throw to you on this. What are some of the key messages that we need to know that come from the data?
0: Yeah, look, I think I, you know, I, I perhaps should. Um, I'm conscious of needing to have a content warning, really, in talking about some of these findings. They are really quite concerning. Absolutely. It's, um, it's, you, it's, it's inescapable. Some of the most concerning findings, I think, relate to the experience of harassment or abuse. So, a very, very large proportion, um, for example, of LGBTQA plus young people, more than half, told us how they'd experienced verbal harassment due to their sexuality or their gender identity within the previous 12 months, and that was a much higher proportion than among the LGBTQA plus young people in the survey who didn't have a disability. In the same kind of pattern really reflected among adults, more than 40% saying that they'd experienced verbal abuse um, due to their sexual orientation or gender identity in the last 12 months. And we also witnessed You know, appallingly high rates of physical harassment or abuse and also sexual harassment and abuse. And those were happening in all sorts of places. They were happening in, um, you know, that harassment was happening in schools, in universities. It was happening in workplaces. It was happening in the home. We saw some quite concerning rates of family and intimate partner violence as well. Also of considerable concern were data relating to mental health and suicidality. And these are perhaps some of the most concerning uh, across the whole report. There was a a very, very high proportion, in fact, 91% of LGBTQA plus young people who reported high or very high levels of psychological distress within the previous four weeks of conducting the survey. Sorry, that was 91%. 91%. 91%. So if you look 91%. across all of the intersections of our community, the very highest incidence of incidence of psychological distress was among LGBTQA plus people with disability, like an appallingly high figure. And a similarly high figure um, of around 78% um, of adults with um, LGBTQ plus adults with a disability. Now, Most concerning of all, I think, were the data relating to suicidal attempts, and we saw that one in six LGBTQA plus young people, that's 15%, told us that they'd attempted taking their own life within the previous 12 months. Now, hold in mind that the proportion among the population of young people in general is less than 1% who will have attempted to take their life in the previous 12 months. And we're talking about 15% of LGBTQA plus young people with a disability. And about 40% nearly had attempted suicide at some point in their lives. 40%, 40% that's 4 in 10 lgbtqa plus young people with a disability like that's a, it's a proportion that you know no matter how many times i say it out loud um, it feels just as affecting and just as confronting each time and not just not an issue that is um, is just impacting or affecting young people but again very high rates of suicidality among lgbtqa plus adults as well And these two things are interconnected, that experience we know from lots of research that people who've been subject to harassment, abuse, discrimination on the basis of their gender identity and sexuality are much, much, much more likely to experience thoughts about taking their own life, to experience psychological distress, or to indeed have attempted to take their own life.
1: That is all very, very concerning. Margarita, I want to bring you in here. There's a lot of recommendations that are made in the report. What would you like to see happening first?
2: Look, I think um, first and foremost, when young people were saying they feel their voices haven't been heard, is that we make a commitment as, as a sector, uh, not only just the LGBTIQI plus uh, sector community, but all intersectional lens, is that we make sure that young people's voices are at the table and build that into uh, everything that we do. And then I think the second part to that is that we do skilling up of representation, you know, giving some funding for this uh, to people so that they can self-advocate and that's why you do some training about representation and peer support.
1: Adam, from your perspective, what needs urgent attention?
0: Gosh, I wish I could pinpoint just one specific thing, but this, in this instance there's just so many. Um, it is absolutely vital that disability services are paying greater attention to the possibility that their clients and service users may be part of the LGBTIQ community. And they need to be ensuring that they're asking questions relating to gender identity, to gender diversity, and to sexuality, to doing everything that they can to ensure access to LGBTIQ social and cultural communities for people with disability, if that's something that they want. Um, Disability services and the NDIS more broadly need to be capturing data about the number of LGBTIQ clients and service users that they're seeing to help us build a bigger and more detailed picture of needs and experiences. And on the other side of the coin, LGBTIQ community organizations who I absolutely believe do the very best that they can with the resources that they're given, but you know they do need to be um, finding ever more creative ways to to resource and introduce interventions that are um, catering to the needs of LGBTQA plus people with disability. Because at the moment, many of them are saying that they don't feel sufficiently included or considered within LGBTIQ services and within LGBTIQ social and cultural activities. Now, I don't want to Um, I I, I guess in saying that, I do really want to acknowledge that both the disability service and the LGBTIQ sector itself is insufficiently funded. And I don't want to point a finger at any one individual and say, you're not doing enough, because I categorically believe that most people are doing the best they can in some very challenging circumstances. Um, But um, I think these data are a reminder that we need to redouble our efforts in our advocacy, in our activism, in our fundraising attempts with government and with other agencies to ensure we are creating and providing those safe spaces and those inclusive services that LGBTIQ people with disability absolutely need.
1: So Margarita, what can organizations do in the short term uh, to help with
2: this? Look, that's a great question. I think in the short term is that all organisations, irrespective of whether it's an LGBTIQA plus organisation or mainstream or disability, is first do a review and make sure that you are including LGBTIQ disability lens in the work that you do. And then secondly, If you find that you aren't, and I can tell you, I I know which organisations are and aren't, are you also, in your selection of your change of the boards or committees, are you inviting and seeking out LGBTIQA people with disabilities on your governance board to ensure that they actually have a voice?
1: Well, to wrap this up, Margarita, I'd love to hear some of your reflections on the amazing community of LGBTIQ plus people with disability. It is such a diverse and vibrant and intersectional community. What are the, some of the things being worked on at the moment, I guess is the first part of my question. And then what are some of the achievements that we can celebrate? Let's look at what's being worked on at the moment first.
2: Look, I think what's really exciting is... We now, particularly here in Victoria, have a funded um, disability persons organisation, which is called Inclusive Rainbow Voices, LGBTIQA plus for people with disabilities. And that's disability led and disability run by LGBTIQA people with disabilities. So you'll be hearing much more about that uh, as we speak, when it officially gets launched. very really shortly. And um, I think what's also very exciting is and this is just what I always say sort of learning and everything, is that there is much more LGBTIQA plus people with disabilities coming out or disclosing than previously, or particularly in the past. And I think part of that is is that You know, we're now being included in the data sets. You know, we're also ensuring that uh, our voices are being heard. Like Private Life 3, there was uh, inclusion of uh, data of our disabilities. So that means we're we're being counted, And I think that's exciting that, you know, we're now part of the the greater mass who are always there but uh, our data was never collected in the past. And I'm also very excited with the younger generation who, as can going forward, uh, are very innovative in the way they use social media. And I, all I can say, watch out, well, because there are a number of people that I know, and I'm sure people know in the sector who they are, that are up-and-coming up moving leaders, so watch the space.
1: Well, that's absolutely worth celebrating. Well, Margarita, Adam, thank you both so much for your time today. really appreciate it. Thank you for having us.
0: It's been really great to be here, and I appreciate you um helping us talk through and shine a spotlight on these findings
1: lgbtiq plus health australia would like to thank our panelists for their contributions to this episode if you'd like to suggest an idea or a person for the podcast shoot us an email info at lgbtiqhealth.org.au remember if this episode has raised any issues for you you can contact q life which provides australia-wide anonymous lgbtiq plus peer support QLife services are free and they're available over the phone or on web chat 3 pm to midnight every day. Call 1 800 184 527 or visit QLife.org.au. Or for support surrounding the Disability Royal Commission, you can call Blue Knot on 1 800 421 468 or visit Blue Knot with a K.org.au. This podcast was produced in collaboration with Joy, Australia's rainbow community media organisation. For more information on Joy and our services, visit joy.org.au. That's
0: joy.org.au.
1: Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast, brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse
0: sound for a diverse community.